Hello and welcome into Jam Session. Glad to have whoever you are listening to us. Jam Session is Matt McLaren and Jean-Jacques Taylor. We're two guys who used to do a radio show on ESPN Radio in Dallas, Texas. We now do this podcast. We talk a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, other Dallas sports teams, and just our interests in Dallas, nightlife, stories, beer, all kinds of things. Glad to have you. Thanks for listening. Let's get going. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored, as always, by Greening Law, personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one, Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast version 373, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. A little bit late on this version of the podcast because the first round of the NFL draft has wrapped up. The Cowboys have made their selection a wild first round of action. We're going to dive into all of that. Multiple trades. Houston really surprising everybody. We'll get through all of that. But none of it can happen without Greening Law. And Robert Greening, many of you know I worked with Robert Greening for a year and a half. I was in a car accident. It wasn't my fault. I had to go to the emergency room. I had all these bills that were piling up. I had insurance companies on my butt. Fortunately for me, I had called Robert Greening the morning after the car accident and explained what happened. I was like, look, man, this wasn't my fault, and I'm going to have to have all this stuff taken care of. And he goes, you know what? You do have a case. And they went to bat for me against the insurance companies. I don't know what I would have done without them. They're fantastic. I had a wonderful experience working with them. And if you find yourself in this situation, your first call needs to be to Greening Law. Dude, I mean, I think Matt has spelled it out for you guys that the reason why Grinning Law is a place to call if you're involved in, you know, some kind of accident or some kind of medical malpractice, any of that is because they take the time to walk you through what can really be this tedious, complicated, intimidating process. They make sure that you feel good about it. How about this, that you don't have anxiety wondering, like, what's going on? Should I do this? Should I do that? Matt will tell you, they answer questions that you didn't even know were supposed to be asked, let alone answered. And so that's why if you're involved in some kind of accident, you need to pick up the phone, give them a call, 972-934-8900. Say, hey, green team, here's my situation. What do you think? And check this out. Consultation costs you zip, zero, nada, nothing. It's free. They don't get paid unless you get paid. That's the way to do it right there, man. And again, as Jacques just told you, that consultation is free. 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening, offices, Dallas, Texas. So before we start, and we'll go back to the beginning of the draft because everybody's listening to this because you want to hear what we think about what the Cowboys did at 26. So let's start there. We'll start with the Cowboys and then kind of piece our way back to some of the other things that happened in the draft, some of the real surprises Dallas is sitting at 26. I'm going to be honest with you, Jacques. I'm sitting there at 26. At 20, when Seattle's on the board, I go, my God. We've got Jackson Smith and Jigba still on the board. Quentin Johnson still on the board. Joey Porter Jr., Nolan Smith, Michael Mayer, and Dalton Kincaid. That's six names right there. I said, the Cowboys. Cowboys are, this is unbelievable. And I'm giddy. Then Jackson Smith and Jigba goes, fine, great. Five of my guys are still on the board. I mean, you can't possibly... You can't possibly throw us a curveball. This is going to be incredible. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. And the next thing you know, the picks, they keep coming. They keep coming. And then we see the trade that Buffalo makes to jump ahead of the Cowboys. And when that happened, immediately I go, okay, so they're they're going tight end. Who do they want? And they had jumped in front of Dallas to get Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah. And I was bummed about that because I thought, man, I was like, okay. And this is after, I mean, keep in mind, because once Jackson Smith and Jigba went, he was the first receiver off the board. Four receivers in a row went. Right. Boom, 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 boom. Right. And then Deontay Banks, the cornerback, and then Dalton Kincaid. And I'm sitting there going, 
I can't, I, I was like, I, I am elated because we are getting Michael Mayer, we are getting Joey Porter Jr., or we are getting Nolan Smith. Now, I wanted them to get a weapon for Dak, but with Nolan Smith on the board, that to me was this year's Jordan Davis, you know, and oddly enough, the Eagles got both of them, where you've got an opportunity, or not Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean that they drafted last year because they're drafting all the, the Georgia guys. You got an opportunity to get a linebacker who can be a difference maker. We had talked about how they wanted an edge, that they might need a linebacker with some of the things that are going to be happening with them. I'm going to be flat out honest with you. Through all the mocks we've done, through everything we've heard, never in a million years did I think the Cowboys were going to take a defensive tackle with their first round pick. And the fact that they took Maisie Smith and my immediate reaction, just to be honest, I was pissed. Really? Yes. Why were you pissed? Because and very well may turn out being a Pro Bowl caliber player that we love next year. The, and it's hard in the moment to remind myself of this. this these guys are not first-round guys, right? Like, they didn't— Right, because they didn't, how many first-round draft picks did they have on their board? Apparently, the they said— 11. They, yes, they had 11. So, to them, they're well into the second round here. And, and the reason why I bring this up is you look at, like, Matt Miller, who, who does the draft— he had Maisie Smith ranked 42nd. And then you look at Dane Brugler, who does the draft. He had Maisie Smith ranked 39th. So to us, in our heads, okay, well, that's second-round picks. Well, the Cowboys are already into their second-round picks. So to, I have no idea where they have this dude on their board. 14th. See, to me, that blows my mind, but I'll give them the or benefit. 13th. I try to give them the benefit of the doubt. I try to. But knowing because there had been reports that they had gotten calls to trade back and they still stuck at 26, to me, again, much like Tyler Smith last year, and we've seen this in years past, if that's the guy you want, you could have traded back a few picks. He still would have been there for you. And that's where my irritation comes in. But in the moment, I'm not thinking about trusting your board and maybe they had him rated higher and they're well out of their first round. I don't know. I, I, it definitely a curveball of a pick because I did not see them going run plugging defensive lineman in the first round. Yeah. Um, now, see, he's he started coming up on list. Uh, you know, I, I think in the last day or so, uh, just like the tight end Sean Laporta um, started coming up uh, on on list in terms of players that they were interested in. Um, now, just so you know, there are a bunch of reports out there that the Chiefs wanted to get up just to get Macy Smith. Uh, but here's the deal, bro. What have we bitched and moaned and complained about for years? Yeah. Yes. They will not spend any draft capital on a big, fat, juicy dude to stop the run who commands a double team. Mm -hmm. They just won't do it. What did they go get at the end of last year? My Ohio State brother, 31 or 32-year-old Jonathan Hankins, to yes. do what? Be a yep. big, juicy, fat guy in the middle. What did they draft last year from Arkansas? In the fifth round, Ridgeway. Uh, defensive tackle, Ridgeway, yeah. to do what? Be a big, juicy guy to clog up the middle. Why? Because they couldn't stop the run when they needed to stop the run. Who's, who's you know, you got to deal with San Francisco. San Francisco ran all over their ass yes. a couple years ago. Fair. And they didn't control the running game last year, uh, you know, as well as they needed to. Philadelphia, what can they do? Run the ball. You have to have a big, juicy guy in there. And for the first time since 1991, they took a defensive tackle in the first round. So I asked Steven about it last night. I said, dude. Well, I, I didn't really call him dude. At that <laughs> I time. wish you had. I called him dude many times. But I was like, why the philosophical change? What, what you know, because I'm all about the why. Yeah. why. What was behind the philosophical change? And he looked and said, it's, it's really Dan Quinn, what he wants to do with the defense, what he needs. And then Steven said Dan Quinn had uh, three needs coming into the draft or coming into the offseason. And the two biggest needs of his were cornerback, Stephon Gilmore solved that problem, mm -hmm. and a big juicy guy in the middle. My words, not Stevens. A big run-stuffing defensive tackle. Now we got him one. And uh, I think the thing we'll get into later is – Dan Quinn is that dude around around the Cowboys uh, organization. Apparently so, man. And, and, and I'm sure many people have seen the video now that Micah Parsons had texted Dan Quinn earlier in the day and asked him, please get Maisie Smith. And when he was drafted, Parsons went nuts because that's a dude that's going to eat some blockers and free up some things for Micah to do getting into the backfield. I understand the pick very well now. At, at the time, again, 
And that, that's the emotion. Like I tweeted out immediately. I like angry tweet. And then like I go back this morning. I'm like, ah, I should delete that tweet. But I was like, you know what? In the moment, that is how I felt. I trust this organization. I trust their ability to draft. They have hit on way more picks in the first round than not. It, okay, Taco Charlton, that's who we all want to point to. I get it. I understand that. But you go back and look at what they've done in the first round. The Tyler Smith pick last year that all of us were head scratching going, man, that all that dude does is hold. And now we look at it and go, my God, Will McClay and the Cowboy Scouting Department knew what they were doing, took a guy that a lot of us kind of raised our eyebrows at, and now we've got a, a plug-and-play left tackle for the next decade. Now, they also want you to know he's not just a big, juicy run stopper. He's, he doesn't have to be just a first and second round, first and second down dude. Now, I'm going to believe that when I see it. Yeah, I, I but, mm. <clears throat> but this is their explanation. They say, hey, when you look at how Michigan used him, they used him much of the time to be a read-and-react run stopper as opposed to a guy who, hey, this play, get off the ball and go get the pass the quarterback. So, you know, they say he's got pass rush ability, he's got some moves, he's got some skills. Nobody ever expects him to be a 10-sack guy. But he can be a disruptor up the middle, which can do what? Flush a quarterback to Demarcus Lawrence or Michael Parsons. That's what you hope. So they say he's got some pass rush, but I don't really care, bro. His job, and he said it last night, is to be an elite run stopper. So a man who knows what he's supposed to do on a defense that needs him to do that. Uh, and now they've got depth because now if you can bring, you know, we got big guys, yeah, they get fatigued. But now you can bring Hankins in. You yep. can move him around. So now, you know, um, I think day two and day three will be about getting some playmakers, but I don't really have a problem with it. it and here's, here's the deal, though, bro. It's like an offensive lineman. This ain't it. Ain't no sexy pick. No, it's it ain't not. something to get. Oh, hey, 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 we got. But it's the kind of effective pick and player that you need to play championship football. Because we all know Philadelphia Eagles got better yesterday. My God, did they? And we're going to get into that. But it, with the Cowboys again, I think that that's the thing. You're right. It's not a sexy pick, and we wanted a weapon for Dak. Like that was my goal. And the draft's not over. And. It, it's really, really hard in the moment when you're hanging out and you've got your friends there and you're all watching there and you're sitting there and you've in your mind, you've, oh my God, one of these five guys is a pick and then it's the guy that you don't know. And then you get disappointed. I understand that. It's like, because I was doing a draft show with a guy who does radio here in the mornings, Cole Kublik, who played offensive line at Auburn and right. does a lot of stuff with the SEC and he's one of the XFL broadcasters. And I told Cole, I was like, you know, the thing about linemen, defensive or offensive, no matter who it is, no matter where they're drafted, every time they get drafted, that fan base boos and gets pissed because nobody wants a lineman. No one. Like, we never get excited about a lineman just got selected. And sure enough, no. even though I had said that earlier in the night, there I am getting irritated that we took. And here's the thing, because to your point, and this is why this is a good pick. The Cowboys last year were 22nd in the NFL against the run. They allowed almost 130 game or yards per game against the run. They allowed 2.7 yards before contact. Ridiculous. And they ranked Dallas's defensive tackles on the inside. Dallas's defensive tackles ranked 28th out of 32nd in interior run stop win rate. So yes, they need a big body and this dude is 6'3", 340 pounds. He is a beast of a man described as an immovable object. They needed somebody to come in to help them stop the run. And to your point, if Philadelphia is a team that you're going after in this division, which right now it looks like it probably is going to be for the next couple of years, one of the things at Philadelphia that nobody's been able to stop, what do they do on fourth and one? They give it to Jalen Hurts. They push Jalen Hurts through the middle, first down. Now you've got an yep. opportunity with a guy like this. Okay, now move me, guy. And so yeah, no. in hindsight, when you have an opportunity to go back and, and remember how bad the Cowboys are against the run and kind of understand what the impact of a player like this can be, you like the pick. No, you, you have to. Um, like I said, it's not sexy. It's not the kind of thing that you get all juiced about, but it's the kind of thing that helps you win football games. And that, to me, is why y'all should be excited. It's the organization not doing what's flashy. What do we always complain about with this organization? Oh, everything they do is about flash yeah. and dash and putting butts in seats and, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, the spicy team. And here they are doing something very boring, man, uh, getting a guy to do a specific job uh, because this is what you do when you're trying to win championships. And, uh, you know, Mike McCarthy is 
played a nice role in changing the philosophy. And then he's told Will McClay, and Will McClay has always gotten coaches what they asked for. So some of you that follow college football will know this name. A lot of you that are just NFL fans, you probably don't know this, but there's a dude named Bruce Feldman who every year does, he writes for The Athletic. Every year he does what's called his freaks list. So he identifies freaks in college football that just do physical stuff that is just in rare power, rare agility, all this type of stuff. Last year, when he released his college football freaks list for the 2022 season, Maisie Smith was number one on that list as the number one freak from a physical athletic prowess standpoint in college football. And here's some of the numbers for Maisie Smith that he uses to describe why he's such a freakish talent. He did 22 reps on the bench press. You go, wow, 225. No, no, no. He did 22 reps with 325. Not 225, 325, which is some weight now. So then you move on. Wait, did Jacques? Okay, he just muted himself on accident, maybe. Yes. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I was like, I can't, I, are you still there? But yes. <laughs> he close gripped benched 550 pounds. It's a little bit more than me. Keep in mind, this is a 6'3", 337-pound dude. He vert jumps 33 inches. He had a broad jump of nine, and, nine feet, four and a quarter of an inch. He has a 4.41 shuttle time, which would have tied the best of any defensive tackle at the 2021 combine or the 2022 combine. His 6.953 cone time would have been the fastest amongst defensive tackles in any of the last two drafts. And he has a 60-yard shuttle time of 11.91. So this is a massively, massively strong dude with incredibly quick feet. That's what you want. I mean, at that position. Um, and so, you know, it's always, people are always going to, um, you know, say whatever, say whatever it is when it's a pick like that, but you have to look at a bigger picture and you say, what wins football games? And the question is, you know, guys like that win football games. So if you can make that happen and you can get him in there and hopefully he is who who we, we've been told that he is, he's going to make a difference. And then you hope everybody around him does what they're supposed to do. Right. You do. And as, as, as it ascertains to the Cowboys now, you look at this and like you mentioned, they've got rounds two and three coming up. And, you know, again, another thing that having the benefit of, hey, let's sleep on it, wake up in the morning and, and go through it again. I got irritated last night because I'm like, my God, Michael Mayer is on the board. And then, of course, ESPN is running this thing when the Cowboys are picking, comparing him to Jason Witten, only building up in your mind more so what I already thought of Michael Mayer, which I thought to me, and I thought this was interesting all season long at the beginning of the year last year, going through the season, all we heard was, oh, Michael Mayer is the next great Notre Dame tight end. Michael Mayer will be a top 15 pick. Michael Mayer, Michael Mayer, all this. We talked to how many people, oh, we got a first round grade on Michael Mayer. Then after the season, Dalton Kincaid starts kicking in and you start hearing about Dalton Kincaid. And you're like, oh, wait a second. There's this kid from Utah who's really good too. And the fact that Michael Mayer falls out of the first round, I thought was interesting. But again, I wasn't thinking about this in the moment, but I wake up this morning and I go, it's okay that the Cowboys didn't get a tight end right there because what did we talk about last week? This is the deepest draft probably ever for tight ends. I mean, this is a draft where eight or nine guys are going to go in the top three rounds. The Cowboys could get one in the third round, maybe even in the fourth round that is going to be a very impactful tight end if they so choose that that's what they want to do. Cornerback is an extremely deep position in this draft. If you want to add that, the fact that Joey Porter Jr. fell out of the first round is very interesting to me. So I think that there's still a lot on the board for the Cowboys to do what they want to do. As we've talked about, I'm still of the mindset that if you want a wide receiver, you probably are going to need to get him in the second round. I don't know that there's going to be one hanging around in the third round that'll excite me, but you well, got to trust probably, what they do. I think it's probably going to come down to whether they want a uh, whether they think a, a wide receiver or a tight end is more integral to what they want to do right now. And my suspicion is the tight end will trump the wide receiver because you can. <laughs> I think there's there like they really like this Laporta guy. Um, so, if uh, and he's a speed guy or a guy who can hit the scene, so if you want him, you probably have to go get him in the second round. Yes, because he's probably not going to be there at ninety something when you're picking in the third round. Uh, receivers, we know, man, they're all like two guards in the NBA. Uh, if you want a guy who can 
take the top off of defense. Maybe his hands are shady. You know those guys in Madden, uh, 99 speed, 67 hands. Uh, you can probably find that guy in the third or the fourth round. Or, you know, you hope somebody like Simi or Jalen Tobert, who's already on the team, will develop into some kind of usable part, which they really aren't right now. Yeah, and Laporta, for those that don't know, is the tight end out of Iowa, Sam Laporta. He, I'd be really surprised if he doesn't go in the second round because I think you're going to start seeing only one tight end went in the first round. You got Michael Mayer still out there, Luke Musgrave, the kid from Oregon State, Darnell Washington, who is an absolute just monster of a he's a six seven big bodied he can block he loves to block he showed up at Georgia wanting to block so much so that they almost tried to convert him to a left tackle but he wanted to stay at tight end I mean that's the type of blocker that Darnell Washington could be and a pass catcher and then obviously you got Laporta those are probably that next group of four tight ends that I would expect to go in the second round but who knows what's going to happen, man? There, there's some names that are still on the board that I think the Cowboys would be in. Jalen Hyatt's still on the board as a possibility at wide receiver. Osiris Torrance, if they wanted to go offensive line. Jonathan Mingo at wide receiver that we've talked about that I, I'd be shocked if he's there in the third round. So I think second round is going to be really interesting. Third round is going to be interesting. And then you piece that together with what they've done. You don't make a draft class with your first round pick, but Maisie Smith... I think you said it best. Not a sexy pick, but a needed pick, a necessary pick, and a pick that I think is going to, now that we've had time to process it and read a little bit more about the guy, I, I think it's a good pick, and I think he's going to do things for the Cowboys that will never show up on a stat sheet, but other players will benefit from. That's the whole thing. That's that's why they're not sexy, um, and that's why they're important. And, you know, I, I thought it was a good pick. I mean, these guys spend months and millions to figure this thing out and the Cowboys under Will McClay they've kind of figured it out bro like I think you can have confidence in their draft no nobody's perfect nobody ever goes 100% you have a Taco Charlton pick you have a um, Tristan Hill pick but for the most part you look at those first rounders that they getting man they hit on the first round bro for the most part and when I say hit like they hit big like Pro Bowl caliber big and so based on their track record until proven otherwise, I think you have to give them the benefit of the doubt when it comes to Maisie um, in terms of, uh, you know, what they got. And there's still plenty of guys left for them to go get a tight end in round two and maybe a corner in round three. Yeah, I would agree. I, this is shaping up to be a nice draft. And again, when you go through the last few years of first round draft picks for the Dallas Cowboys, just sticking first round, Tyler Smith, Micah Parsons, CeeDee Lamb, they didn't have one in 2020. Leighton Van Der Esch in 2018, who is still a solid player. Okay, Taco in 2017, bust. Zeke in 2016, Byron Jones in 2015, Zach Martin, Travis Frederick. That's all the way back to 2012, man. I mean, That's a hell of a run, bro. That ain't bad when you're drafting in the first round, and every single one of those names that I just named is Pro Bowl level, sometimes all pro level, with one miss in Taco Charlton. Yeah, I mean, boom. And and I think Taco's still in the league. So while that was a yeah, miss he's as a first-round yeah. first pick, it wasn't a total bust. I mean, he, he still, he's become a, a journeyman, but he's still in the league. Uh, so, no, nah, man, they've been fantastic in the first round. And so I think uh, until proved otherwise, you got to look at Mozzie and go, huh, there's another one that they got. Now, Second and third round is where it gets interesting because we, we've seen hits and we've seen misses like everybody has. Now, you've seen a lot of misses, too many misses in the second you round. You have. Don't cut for them. Okay, you're right. I was trying to throw the third round in there to help it a little bit, but you're, no, that's fair. No. They're actually pretty good in the third <laughs> I mean, I round. I know. Second, second round, they tend to take – second round, they just, second round. the reason why they miss is they tend to take, oh, here's the first round talent who's available in the second round. Well, the reason why he's available in the second round as a first-round talent is he's got some incredible wart, be it injury, be it legal history, be it something that makes you say, oh, that's why this guy is available right here, Jalen Smith. You know what I'm saying? And that's why they pull the trigger. They're hoping to get the big reward because that's the way Jerry lives his life. It's just too many times in the second round they haven't succeeded in that. So the second round, here's the recent history. Sam Williams, who I liked a lot coming out of Ole Miss and I think showed some flashes last year. Kelvin Joseph, trash. Trayvon Diggs, all pro cornerback. Tristan Hill, hated the pick at the time, trash. 
Connor Williams, Cheeto Bay, who was actually a solid corner, and you knew he's actually gotten better since he left. Yeah, and went to Cincinnati and actually really good. Jalen Smith, who flashed for a year or two and was nothingness. Randy Gregory, trash. Demarcus Lawrence, all pro. Gavin Escobar, and that's going back through 2013. Third round, which we'll see tonight. Last year is when they went for Jalen Tolbert. He didn't do anything last year. Is he going to be a bust? Will he ever get on the field? I have no idea. And my Madden, he's pretty good, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I do because I know your settings. He's never going to do anything. That's true. So in 2021, they had three third-round picks. Oseo Digazua, who's been solid. Chauncey Golston and Nashawn Wright. <laughs> Neville Gall- Gallimore in 2020. Connor McGovern in 2019, Michael Gallup, 2018, there you go, Jordan Lewis, 2017, solid, Malik Collins in 2016, some dude named Crap Green in 2015. Who? Chaz Green. I'm sorry. I'm like, what are you talking about? I changed his name to Crap because he tried to purposely get Dak killed. Okay, I I got you. I feel you. And then Terrence Williams, the wide receiver in 2013. So half and half in the second and third round, I would say. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's probably you're you're getting into players with warts. And so I think that uh, that's just kind of par for the course. And that's what happens. But man, I really hope our goal. We talked about this for a while with the Cowboys in this draft. You've got to find some more offensive playmakers. My hope in the second and third round tonight is that they're able to do that with somebody who is not a Jalen Tolbert. That basically was the Cowboys could have traded their third round pick last year and we wouldn't even realize it. That's how no. pointless Jalen Tolbert is. <laughs> it's true. Like, they, they could have been like, you know what? We're just going to forfeit this pick. And we'd, it's, I mean, what Jalen Tolbert offered this year is basically you forfeited the pick. <laughs> so don't do that. Like, give me somebody who can at least get on the field and rotate in and offer you something in the third round tonight. What do I always tell you, man? Just get me a good player. Just a player who can play. Somebody who can contribute. Wherever they contribute, just somebody who can contribute. We shall see. Let's dive into the rest of the NFL and what some of the other teams in the division did. But before we do that, let's tell you about Freeway Tire Shop, man. JR and his boys over there at Freeway, they are doing it right. You need an oil change? You need new tires? We all need new tires are the one thing about cars that you know you have to get. Hopefully, you have a car that lasts long enough where you got to get tires a couple of times. And then you go to get tires, you're like, my God, these are expensive. So where do you want to go? You want to know, you want to go where you're not getting ripped off, where it's a fair price and you trust the work that they're doing that, hey, we're just putting on the tires like we said we are. We're not tweaking this. So you got to come back in a week and, oh, this is wrong (laughs) with your car too. That's why we recommend Freeway Tire Shop because you can trust them and they offer you a very fair price. And I think, as as I've told you guys over the time, over the years, that the reason I rock with Freeway Tires is because I I trust JR, man, handling his business. I trust JR to diagnose what the hell is wrong with my car. And I trust him to use quality parts to fix my car. How about that? What a novel concept. And then, man, I trust him to charge me a fair price. Because we all know not every mechanic does. We all know price gouging goes in uh, into play sometimes. And then I trust him to stand behind his work, man. And so I tell y'all every time, and it's real, that if your mechanic ain't doing all of that, you need to go right up 35E toward Denton. Uh, get off at of Commonwealth. It's about five minutes from downtown. Go through the light. Look to the right. You cannot, will not miss it. Pull in. Tell me, boys, some jam sessions sent you. And then, as I like to say, <laughs> send us a thank you note later because it'll be a great experience for you. It will indeed. And if you want to find out more information, you can do it. You can make an appointment. You can get a quote. All this stuff online at freewaytireshop.com. Also, of course, while you're, and we've mentioned this a couple of times, but while you're at Freeway, you take your car over to JR. You're like, hey, man, need an oil change, maybe a rotation. He might tell you, hey, it'll be about an hour. You're like, okay, cool. You get an Uber or a Lyft. You go right around the corner five minutes to Smokey John's, and you have lunch. You grab the jam session bowl. You get to choose how you want them to put it together for you. No matter what you get at Smokey John's, is going to be fantastic. We would recommend the jam session bowl because they have created a menu item for all of you. And all the pictures every weekend. I swear we, at least two of you listening, go to Smokey John's. You send us a picture. You're like, you guys are right. This is unbelievable. Can't believe I haven't been here yet before. 
you know, it does seem like a few more people are going every Maybe the weather's getting a little better and people getting out on the weekend. But we've, we've had somebody for several weeks now say they made a special trip to Smokey John's. So here's my challenge. You be that person this weekend to make a special trip to Smokey John's and have that jam session bowl. Now, remember, you ain't going to see it on the menu. It's on the secret menu. So you ask for it. Now, here's what it is. It's either starts with a base of mashed potatoes or macaroni and cheese. And then you get your choice, your choice, two out of five smoked meats. Now, Trey, Philadelphia Trey, I believe he went with the brisket and the sausage last week, which is a very good choice because that's normally what I rock with. And then that's when the fun starts. They put all the stuff that you find on a loaded baked potato, you know, stuff like chives and bacon bits and sour cream and butter if you rock like that. Cheese. It's, oh, it's to die for. And that's actually it's to live for. But that's actually before they drizzle it with all that sauce that Matt drank straight from the bottle. Yep. Uh, it's fantastic. It's enough for two easy. If you got a little shorty that's six or seven, he can, he or she can eat off of that too. It's fantastic. Uh, you cannot go wrong with the jam session bowl. I had a streak uh, a few weeks ago where I probably had, uh, I think, four and seven weeks or something like that. Nice. Yeah, and that's why I'm back at the gym now. Well, there you go. That's how good it is, though, man. The jam session bowl <laughs> is legit, legit. I'm that telling worth you guys. It, I got no complaints. Yeah, Smokey John's Barbecue is a fantastic place. It's family-owned. It's been in their family for years. The brothers that own it now are just wonderful people. You're supporting a great local business. You're supporting us. So go check it out, man. It's Smokey John's Barbecue right there off Mockingbird. Or check them out online. You can order the sauce, the rub. They'll ship it to you wherever you are at SmokeyJohns.com. So let's go back to the beginning of this draft. We, we all knew Bryce Young was going to be the quarterback that Carolina was going after. Bryce Young's the first pick, which, by the way, as odd as it is, so Nick Saban at Alabama, that is the 15th consecutive year that Alabama has had a player selected in the first round. Yes, sir. Nick Saban in Alabama had never had the number one overall pick in the common draft era until really? last night. That seems weird. That seems weird. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. Bryce Young was it. So then... We had heard all this stuff, and remember for, for months, all we heard about Houston was, oh, it's going to be C.J. Stroud. They're taking a quarterback. And then in the last week, it was like, oh, Houston doesn't want the quarterback. Houston's going to take Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson or whatever it is. And I kept right. thinking, I was like, man, and we talked about, I was like, if you're Houston and you're sitting there, how in the world are you passing up a quarterback if you've got an opportunity to take one? And then people were, oh, next year they could get Caleb Williams or Drake May. And we pointed, you mean like this year when they were going to get the first pick in the draft too? Dude, it, uh, it just never made no sense, man. No, and, and that's why their pick of C.J. Stroud made all the sense in the world. I will tell you this because I don't know that I've ever seen this before. I don't know this has ever happened before. Right. When you saw Arizona had made a trade and it was Houston, I was confused. as like, what? And then I was like, oh, my God, Houston's trading back up to have the third pick. So Houston gets the second pick and the third pick. And as soon as they did that, I was like, it's got to be Will Anderson because they get their quarterback of the future on offense and D'Amico Ryans gets his leader, edge rusher of the future on defense. If you're a Texans fan, now Stroud's got to be the guy and, and pan out for you. But on paper, you have that you got to be overwhelmed with joy for what the Texans did last night. Dude, no, I um, I um, I initially thought as soon as they made the trade, my thought was, oh, they want the best quarterback to them and the um, and the what you call it and the uh, and the best defensive player. That, yeah. that that was my only thought. Um, I mean, it, it just made perfect sense to me. It, it's that's what they had to uh, that's what they had to do. And um, when when you lock when you saw him there, you're like, oh, OK, this is good. And it didn't matter what they gave up, because guess what? If y'all have a disastrous season, everybody might get fired anyway in terms of the front office, the GM. So go get the quarterback. Go get the best defensive player. You added two first-round picks last year. Yeah. Maybe finally the organization as a unit can pull its head out of its collective butt and start doing some positive things. And so I thought it was a great draft for them. Uh, it's a lot of excitement in their city now. And now, you know, you just hope that with a defensive head coach that you take care of the quarterback in terms of weapons and protection. If you do that, I don't have any doubt that C.J. Stroud will thrive. But you got to do that. And if you don't do that, you're going to have problems. Yeah. So, I mean, all in all, last night, I believe if, if you want to count the deals that happened, excuse me, before the draft, 
and that would be partially the Jets and Green Bay with the Aaron Rodgers thing and Chicago and Carolina. If you want to count that and even Denver and New Orleans who had a trade in late January. So since their seasons ended, that would be nine first round trades overall. I believe actual draft day trades last night, there were six during the actual draft last night. There were a bunch, man, as teams were hopping around. But you got to like what Houston did. And I hate this, and I'm going to say it, and this is just how I feel. It drives me insane. Philadelphia drafts like some, they they just, it's unbelievable what they do. Jalen Carter, who very well may end up being the best defensive player in this draft, the dude was (laughs) unblockable at Georgia. Because of some of the stuff off the field, he gets... He gets out of the top few picks. Somehow he's sitting there, he's falling, and immediately Philadelphia is like, oh, we're not waiting on this dude. Let's go up a pick and make sure we get him. So they trade up one spot at nine and get Jalen Carter. And I mean, last year I freaked out because they got Jordan Davis. Now you got Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter next to each other. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, hey, man, sometimes it worked like that. Now, you know, I think, we, I think it's fair to say, I think it's very fair to say, there's a reason why it fell. And, it, you know, it wasn't just the, uh, I mean, it was obviously it was the, the accident that led to the death of a right. teammate. But, um, you know, I think there's also been some questions about, you know, his focus and his work and everything. Uh, but they seem to think not only the veterans in their locker room, but also the fact that um, they got so many Georgia teammates with him. Yeah. Can keep him. Now, let, let me just keep it real with you, Doc. That makes sense theoretically, unless, and I don't know the answer to this, unless he's the alpha of that group, then they're going to follow him because they were teammates. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, because whenever group you have an alpha within the group who, hey, let's go here today. Oh, hey, man, let's get out of here and let's go there. Somebody's always in control of the group. And so if he was in control of the group at Georgia, then let me tell y'all, he's going to be in charge of the group in Philly. If he wasn't in charge of the group at Georgia, then he won't be in charge of the group in Philly. No, and, and that's what makes this, I mean, you look at, you speak about, they got a lot of Georgia guys. They got a lot of Georgia guys. And it is amazing what they have pulled from that Georgia team a couple of years ago. And you look at it, they did it last year with Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean, and now you got Jalen Carter, and obviously they drafted Nolan Smith in the first round, who I would have loved if the Cowboys took Nolan Smith. I mean, I saw Georgia, I didn't watch every game last year, but I probably saw at least 10 of their games last year. And they got dudes that can ball, man. That defense is nasty. And you look at what Philadelphia has on the front now, and keep in mind, the fact that you have Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis at tackle now allows when Fletcher Cox finally walks away, which may be after this year, who knows, you've got two young dudes that you're ready to pull in. You got Brandon Graham on one edge. You got Josh Sweat on the other. You got Derek Barnett, who they drafted in the first round a few years ago. Now you got N'Kobe Dean. You got Hassan Reddick. You got Nolan Smith at linebacker. I mean, Philadelphia, man. I love the way they draft. I loved it last year. And so far in the first round, I thought they just knocked it out with those two picks in the first round. They're going to be tough to deal with. Tough to deal with. That's as a matter, all I can say. As a matter tough of fact, deal with. when they took Jalen Carter in the at nine, I told the people I was watching the draft with, I said, I go, man, I almost wonder if the Cowboys see that and go, well, we're getting another offensive lineman at 26. You know, I think, um, you know, here's what they said last night. They said, uh, and I don't think that's the case. Um, I think they had settled on, uh, they had three or four uh, players with the same type of grade, you know, interchangeable, so to speak. And it was just a a matter of which one they were going to pull the trigger on. So I think offensive line may have been in that conversation, but I think that they were also like corner. Is Joey Porter Jr. the guy? You know what I'm saying? Because they right. needed a corner. And, and see, we've been talking about that like, okay, you got Gilmore, but he's only here for a year. Jordan Lewis only got a year left on his contract. What about an injury? You know, you really still need some cornerback depth. And so that's why I wouldn't be surprised if they took one in the second or third round today. Yeah, I wouldn't either. And it's – it's going to be, like we said earlier, it's going to be a very interesting second and third round for the Cowboys. Elsewhere, of course, Bijan Robinson went at eight, and there, were, there had been, where is Bijan going to go? And I thought, because we had heard, oh, what if he's there at 26? And I'd, I was like, man, there is no way, no way that that dude is getting out of the top 15. I just didn't believe it. 
And sure enough, the Falcons, because they believe Desmond Ritter is their guy who they drafted last year. I want to say second or third round last year at quarterback. And so you pair him, and now you got a generational back, potentially, in B. John Robinson. I will say the first pick, and I, I literally said this out loud while watching the draft. When this happened, I went, holy shit. Jameer Gibbs going to the Lions at 12? I... I I just that that blew my mind because that was a dude I thought would be there at 26. I I can't believe the Lions took him that high. Well, somebody I believe it was Grumpy Pete Prisco from CBS.com said, if you're going to take Jameer Gibbs at 12, then you probably should have just took B. John Robinson at six. That's what I thought. <laughs> I was like, why did you trade down? Because you because you probably could have gotten, you know, somebody similar to the dude yes. that took at 12. I completely agree with you, man. I, th- I thought, I mean, you were sitting at six and you could have gotten Bijan Robinson, who can do everything better than Jameer Gibbs does. Okay, now, yeah. Now, the interesting thing about the Falcons is they had Tyler Algier. Yeah, who's solid, who, man. Who averaged, you know, who gained 1,035 yards on uh, 210 carries. Uh, but, you know, what you just said might be the difference, bro. Now, he only scored three touchdowns last year, had six runs of 20 yards or more. You said he's solid. Well, they're going for greatness here. So, you know, we'll see. But he did have three runs of 40 yards or more, which is, you know, second in the league, I think. Uh, Anyway, they got a heck of a one-two punch there. Uh, They want to run the ball. Uh, Remember, uh, Arthur Smith came from Tennessee and Derrick Henry, right? Yeah. So that's what they want to do. And now they can make it hell on people. And don't forget, they still got Kyle Pitts. And a couple of receivers there. So, you know, Ritter's got some some stuff to work with. That's true. They do. It, it, it's I just I just couldn't believe it just blew my mind. It just absolutely blew my mind that he went that high because there was debate of whether or not he would even go in the first round. And the fact that he went at 12 and, and like we just talked about, you could have Bijan at six. I don't I don't know, man. Whatever. You're the Lions. Congrats. Maybe it'll work out for you. Outside of that, I was a little surprised that we didn't see a receiver go before 20 when Jackson went with the first receiver off the board. I thought he might go a little higher. Of course, coming off an injury-plagued season at Ohio State, I thought the Seahawks, you team that dude with what they've got with DK Metcalf. I mean, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to have a great pro career because that dude is a route runner. He runs super clean routes. And he's going to have some protection with Seattle in terms of, you know, with DK on the outside and, and Lockett. And, uh, you know, he's going to have some opportunities to do his thing. I think it's a really good fit for him. I hope so, man, because I was rooting for him. And like I mentioned earlier from Rockwall, he is he's the guy, man. We've never had a player drafted from Rockwall High School. Watched him in high school. You know, my my friend Rashid coached him and knows his parents and all that. And he's a good kid. So right. I, I, I was excited. Outside of that, I mean, yeah, there were some interesting picks. I thought, you know, Todd Archer did the ESPN NFL Nation draft the night before, and Will McDonald IV was his pick because he had been there at 26. And I thought it was interesting that the New York Jets, who had moved down from 13 to 15, took Will McDonald at 15, when in a lot of the mocks that you see, and that's one of those picks that you thought would be there later in the draft if the Jets wanted to trade down even more. Right. But like we talked about with the Cowboys, man, once you get past your first round grades in the second round for teams has begun, even though it's the first round for us. Well, if you've got a guy that's higher in a certain tier, OK, all the draft prognosticators who do rankings and study film may have this guy a little bit lower. You may have him higher. He's probably not going to be there at your second pick if you want to go ahead and grab him now, which is, I guess, what the Jets did, what the Cowboys did. I think we saw a few teams do that. No, I mean, I think it makes sense. And so, um, you know, and, and the reality is even the best draft prognosticators, man, you know, everybody's not telling you the truth because why? Sure. they don't want it all out there. But you can see the effect on it. You know, the Cowboys, I'm pretty clear. Tight end was on their list, but it wasn't nearly as high on their list as we think it was. Yeah. Like, I think tight end was behind cornerback and defensive tackle. But the mocks kept having them take tight ends. Right. So what did can what did Buffalo do? Yeah. Everybody's mocking them a tight end. Let's go get the one that we want just in case they take that guy. I will say another one. And I got to say the Lions did it again. Like both their picks. I just the Jameer Gibbs pick. I'm just like, what are you doing? 
Like, why did you, like, you could have traded back again. The other one was when they took Jack Campbell, the linebacker from Iowa, in the mid-teens. And I'd seen people who thought he would go in the third round. And the Lions are taking him at 18. And that was another one, like, when he got drafted, we all looked at each other and go, damn, really? Like, if, if that was your pick, man, I don't know that there was any other team that was like, oh, hell yeah, Jack Campbell is a first-round guy or even that high on, on your second-round tiers. I, I don't know. Those are probably the well, two, and they were both happened to be Lions picks that really jumped out that kind of raised some eyebrows. Well, you know, let's flip it back to Dallas. Dallas had uh, Maisie Smith 13th or 14th on their board. Yeah. We just said, you know, even though it's Dane Brugler or whoever, they had him 39th and 40th. And so it's almost always in the, in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, it is. And – the first round, I'm, I'm sitting here scrolling back through the picks. I mean, outside of those names that I just threw out, I, I don't know. It's hard to sit here and look at anybody and say, meh, outside of those, for the most part, I think it, was, it, it went about the way that we all kind of thought. Yeah, there are a few guys that are still hanging around. The idea, the Will Levis thing never made sense to any of us who watch a ton of SEC football. Like, we were talking about this last night because I asked Cole, who's a film, I mean, this dude can break down film with the best of them. I said, look, Cole, I, I'm not super analytical mechanics guy. I watched Will Levis play last year. I don't know how that dude is a first-round quarterback, much less top 10. What am I missing? And Cole's like, you're not missing anything. He goes, he, <laughs> he, he, well, he was like, look, he, physically, physically, he has the numbers that you want a prototypical quarterback to have. But it doesn't translate to the film that we've seen. It, he's like, I called several of his games. I don't know what it is. And we're all sitting there like all offseason. We keep seeing Will Levis go, you know, number two, number four, wherever, top 10. And the fact that he kept sliding, I thought, okay, so NFL teams are seeing what I see when I watch Kentucky play. This is not a first-round quarterback. And sure enough, he's still on the board going into Friday night. You know, man, it's uh... – at one level, I feel bad for him, uh, you know, because, you know, I don't, I'm not even sure who his agent is right now, but it's uh, your agent is supposed to be the gatekeeper of all this stuff, man. Your agent is not supposed to put you in a position where you get embarrassed like this. Uh, now, let me say, your agent can give you a choice. Hey, here's what I'm hearing. I don't know. You know, if they don't grab you, it's going to be a long night because once the Colts took Anthony Richardson, I was like, I started talking to the guys out at the start. And I'm like, yo, dog, where he going? <laughs> because you can start seeing all these other teams like they don't need a quarterback they don't need a quarterback they don't need a quarterback like there's only a few landing spots like i said okay maybe he'll go to washington at 16 when he went like uh-oh you know detroit's not gonna draft a backup for jared goff right now at 18 uh let me see i guess maybe he could go to uh tampa bay at 19 he didn't go there Oh, maybe Minnesota feels good enough that they'll take a backup for Kirk Cousins. And when he leaves after this year, he'll be ready. Once he passed that, I'm like, dog, there's just nowhere else to go. And now check this out, bro. All the teams at the top of the draft, what did they do last night, Matt? They all got quarterbacks. Yeah. So, again, I ask you, like, for real, where is he going? I don't know. And that became, Like, really? Look no, at right. it. Like, maybe he'll go to Tampa in the second round because they're like, oh, okay, we passed him in the first round. We still need a quarterback. Uh, maybe Tennessee will say, oh, okay, he's, he fits there. But um, I was reading some stuff on him today. Like, I don't know about this toe thing. That seems like a convenient excuse now uh, for why he didn't get drafted. But, uh, you know, everybody says he's got kind of a quirky personality. He's a weird dude. And this is all I'm going to tell y'all. And this is just real talk. It's real talk. You can't have a dude as a quirky personality, really, or just a, okay, let me put it like this, because you can have, because I would say Jim McMahon was kind of a quirky personality and people followed him. You need a guy that people will follow to be a quarterback. If you think for whatever reason, you know, eating bananas whole or, or putting mayonnaise in your coffee, if you think for whatever reason that the players will not all jump behind this guy and follow him, then you have to ask yourself, do we need, at what place do we draft him? Because the leadership point is like one of the most important parts of being a quarterback. It's not just the talent. Uh, who's our guy, Jay uh, Cutler? It's not just the talent, man. You have to be a leader too to ultimately thrive at the highest level. And if you don't think that guy can do that, 
then you keep on passing him until he does. And so, I mean, I think that's the problem with him. I interviewed him last year at SEC Media Days, and I don't know how many people are aware of this. This is a dude who, he, he struck me similar to me, where you, you kind of will do some weird things to get reactions, and, and you can be kind of eccentric at times. He put mayonnaise in his coffee, and he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I was like, come on, you don't really do that. You're just doing that to get attention. He's like, no, 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 mayonnaise and coffee, dude, you got to try it, like that type of thing. Why would you try that? Why would you even do that to start with? He's doing it know. to get attention. Like, I started off the conversation, he had filmed himself and put it on TikTok of him taking a banana, like a black banana, and eating it, but I mean, like, biting it and eating it with the peel and everything. Like, he didn't unpeel right. it. So I was like, what is that about, dude? He's like, oh, man, you never had a banana with the peel on it? I was like, nobody does that. I said, even, <laughs> I said, even monkeys take the peel off, man. <laughs> Shut up, bro. And he was like, no, no, no. No, you got to just bite into it and go for it, man. And I, you know, he, he seemed like a good dude, but at the same time, like, little things like that, Right. That could be, I mean, he's got some, there's definitely some eccentricities there that you, you kind of wonder about. And to your point, I don't know. I really, I don't, I do not know where he goes. Now, Tampa took Kyle Trask in the second round in the 2021 draft. You know what? I forgot about that because I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, and, they, and they brought in Baker Mayfield. And from what I've heard, just well, reading, they don't want reading, because yeah, I don't know. They don't want him then. No, they then they're not going to take him because if Trask doesn't work, they'll throw Baker in and Baker will be baker he'll help you win some and he'll help you lose some so let's so here's just like the beginning of the second round Steelers no Cardinals no Lions no Colts just took Anthony Richardson no Rams do you do you You know what as a backup to Stafford who's banged up and probably doesn't have much left that's not a bad spot that's not a bad spot Seattle which this would be their third pick in the draft Seattle that could have him behind Geno for a year because Geno's somebody said this last night oh that new contract Geno got they're not going to take him I was like I mean it's That's a one-year deal, deal, basically. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you can walk away from that for nothing after the first year, especially after the second year. It's free. <laughs> right. So outside of that, the Raiders with, with the pick in the, in the second round early on, maybe they're looking now, they for just, a guy? They just, they just took your boy. I mean, they just signed Garoppolo, and they're trying to win, so I don't need a player that can't help me win this year. But yeah, it's going to get really interesting. And then, you know, you look Who's at it. That? You got Will Levis, and let's see. After that, Carolina's not going to take him, obviously. The Saints? Uh, they just got David Carr, or Derek Carr. So, man, I, I mean. <sighs> Brew, bro. He's going to fall for a while. You can call me Brew. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe the Vikings will come back and take him in the second round. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, his, his fall is going to be precipitous. Like those other cats, Mayer and Porter, and all, I think those guys will be gone in the first 15 picks of the second yeah, round. Yeah, I think they'll go really, really quickly. If not the first 10. Um, but I think it's set up good for your Cowboys to get a tight end because there's still three or four of them in the second round they can grab. Yeah, before we wrap this up and, and, and look ahead real quick, let's tell you about HFX Foundation Solutions. And, you know, it's kind of what the Cowboys did last night. They looked at their, offense, their defensive line as like, man, we got some cracks. Like 2.7 yards before contact, that's not going to work. So what'd they do? They tried to shore up their foundation a little bit, and they go out and they get Smith. HFX Foundation Solutions can do the same thing for you. They can shore up your foundation. If you feel like you've got some foundation problems, you're like, well, how do I know? Okay, your doors start sticking. You start seeing cracks in your walls, your ceilings, your floor. You have sloped floors. You're starting to notice some soil washout. Maybe you don't even have gutters, and, and your property's not draining correctly. They can handle all of that for you. With HFX Foundation Solutions, they're local, they're family-owned, they service all of Dallas-Fort Worth. You need to make that call. You do not want to mess around with your foundation in North Texas. No, nah, man, and, you know, we tell you all the time, it's, and we say it jokingly and lovingly, but it's true. Go call Aaron and his team over there at HFX and say, hey, I need that colonoscopy for the crib that the fellas keep talking about. And the thing about it is, why do you get a colonoscopy? Nobody enjoys it, but it, it takes a picture of your insides, make sure you're good and healthy, give you peace of mind. What does Aaron and his team do? They go and look inside your house. Okay, why are these doors sticking? Why are these windows sticking? What are these cracks all about? Oh, they check your house out and they go, okay, you're fine, you're good. Or they may say, hey, we found a little something, but check this out. We found it early, so we good. Let's take care of it because, you know, when you find something early, it usually only costs a fraction of what it does if you find it late. So, Call Aaron and his team over there at HFX. Ask them for the colonoscopy for the crib. They'll laugh with you, and then they'll show up for you and take care of you and give you the peace of mind that you deserve with all that money you're spending on your crib. 
Easy to do, man. 817-770-0174. Free, no obligation inspection. I would suggest you get it done. Check them out online, hfxfoundation.com. So back into the second round tonight, and I would imagine most everybody is aware that it's going to be a while like it was last night. The Cowboys, barring some sort of trade up, the Cowboys will be sitting there, and there's a lot of teams that they got to get through before the Cowboys pick at 58. They're picking when you make the playoffs, you win a playoff game, that's what happens. They are bottom six pick in the second round. Who's going to be available there? I have no idea because there's a lot of cool names on the board that I think anybody would be happy with. Now, their third round pick is the 90th pick overall. So three picks in the top 90 overall. And like we said, you know that they're not interested in Will Levis or Hendon Hooker, who are the top two quarterbacks on the board. The tight ends to look for tonight, Michael Mayer, Luke Musgrave, Darnell Washington, who I would love out of Georgia. And then, as you said, they're really high on Sam Laporta. I got to tell you, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Sam Laporte is the pick. I would not be surprised if he was there at 58. Wouldn't surprise me if it's a guy like a Jalen Hyatt. I'd love to see Jonathan Mingo fall that low if they're going to grab him. And then some of the other positions that we have talked about at cornerback, uh, no way Joey Porter Jr. is going to be there at that point. I kind of wonder would Keely Ringo out of Georgia be there if they're interested in him. But those are some names to potentially watch for that that all could be there. Those few names I just mentioned might still be there when the Cowboys pick that far, far down in the second round tonight. Yeah, I, th- I think it's the same thing, man. There's a group of players that they like, and they'll just be like, okay, let's see if one of these falls to us or a couple of them fall to us, and then, uh, then we can have some choices and some options. But uh, I think, I think, they want to get Dak some help on offense. Um, again, we've talked all offseason about the need for playmakers, man. They don't have any playmakers outside of CD and Pollard, who's coming off a broken ankle. They have got – and maybe Brandon Cooks, yeah, but we haven't seen him yet. Yeah. They've got to add playmakers on the offense to me. Tight end seems like a spot you can do it. It seems like it's a good draft for tight ends. It seems like second round to me seems to make a move forward. Unless, you know, some big receiver that you can take top off falls to you. But, again, we're talking about – are you going to want a third or fourth receiver or a tight end one? Seems to me tight end one would trump the priority list. I would think so. And again, and this is why I, I, like, I just was a big fan of Mayer. To me, we have seen teams, we know what a tight end at a certain level can do. The tight end in, the, in today's NFL, I mean, you can speaking of San Francisco, I don't know if he's going to turn into a George Kittle, but a guy like that. You look at Kansas City with Travis Kelsey. Are these on that level? I don't know. But point being, the tight end can be a really high part of what your offense is and can be a mismatch because not a lot of teams have tight ends like that, which also proves a point of there's not a lot of tight ends like that available. <laughs> so No, that's what you're trying to do, man. You're trying to create mismatches, and uh, having somebody who could attack the scene would be really good. I mean, really, really good. You know, the thing about the Georgia tight end is um, it seemed like there was an injury concern and several teams have taken him off his board. So it'll be interesting to see whether that's real or whether that's fake. It will indeed. But that is our thoughts on round one of the NFL draft rounds two and three on Friday night. We're not going to get into anything else because we're running out of time. We wanted to get this out for you. Got to get it up. But you've got Rangers-Yankees series this weekend. They lost. They've now lost four in a row after getting swept by the Reds, which was ridiculous. By the time we talk, we may be talking about the Stars moving on to the second round. They've got an elimination game tonight against the Minnesota Wild up in Minnesota. Can't wait to watch that. You got draft all day on Saturday. You got Rangers and Yankees. We'll see. And if you've been following along with the NHL, and I don't know how many people have been, but if you've been following along with the NHL, the Dallas Stars path. Now, I I don't know how this is going to play out, but the Kraken have a 3-2 series lead over the Avalanche. Did they win that game? They did. Wow, and they did that without their best player. They won game five in Denver. That's what I'm saying. When their best player went down, I just assumed they'd lose game five. So you've got a chance. The Stars in the Wild play tonight. The Avalanche and the Kraken play tonight in Seattle. Seattle's got game six home ice. If the Stars eliminate the Wild tonight, they would play the Kraken, who were the Kraken were the lowest-seeded playoff team to get into the playoffs in the West. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. But 
That could be interesting. And that, my friends, is this version of Jam Session. We'll be back. We'll have a podcast coming your way. Looking for you next week. We'll recap the entire draft for the Dallas Cowboys, see where the stars are, how the Rangers made out against the Yankees. You guys have a great weekend, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.